is the second part of my trip to Istanbul and letting you know what happened um, after I moved out of Hanchi Hostel. Uh, just so you know, this is the second time that I'm recording this because I did a 23-minute recording and then when I went to edit it, the recording hadn't recorded properly, so I was muffled. So as you can imagine, I was aggravated by this because that 23 minutes is, is lost. It was like a total waste of time and I have to do it again. But that's by and by because you don't care about that. You just want to hear about Istanbul and the second part of Benji's uh, life story. This one does get particularly harrowing, but I don't want to give too much away right now. So let's hope this is recording properly. I did test it. And you know what the problem was? Well, I don't know what the problem was, but I just turned off my phone, turned it on again. And now it works perfectly. That's what you do, right? When something doesn't work, turn it off, turn it on again. So, the last podcast, um, just moved out of Hanchi Hostel. Oh yeah, Nostalgia Hostel. Did that and I moved out of the private apartment that Abdullah, you know, gave me at a great price. Yeah, I went to the second home hostel, which was back down to Imanunu. Uh, and I got in touch with uh, an Argentinian woman called Nicole on Workaway. We just chatted and met up because, you know, it's good to get to know people when you're travelling. And, yeah, we went to see some mosques. If you want to see a mosque, you know, Istanbul is a place to go. Loads of mosques everywhere. Oh, and something I didn't mention, actually. Because I... I, I, In the 23-minute recording that is lost forever, it's gone... Didn't really even exist, did it? Because if it wasn't recorded, did it really happen? Yes, it did. Yeah, one of the things I didn't like about Istanbul, it's a very religious uh, city and a religious country. And I'm not a massive fan of religion, especially when they chant five times a day, I believe it is, from their mosques. And they start at 6.30 in the morning. So pretty much everywhere I stayed at, there was a mosque close by and I was woken up at that time. Fortunately, I ended up staying with Malik in his in his um, flat and that was quite far away from any mosque. So even though they did, there were mosques harping on at 6.30, they were far away enough that they didn't wake me up. That aside, they are beautiful to look at. Architecture is fantastic. I'll give them that. 
Uh, and we went to see some mosques, um, which you can see pictures of on my Instagram, Trip Fixer Travel Team. Um, Sumad, I want to say Sumad or Ahmad mosques, um, and the Blue Mosque, the one near the Blue Mosque. Didn't go inside, but saw it from outside. And we got chatting, obviously, me and Nicole, and she was working at Harmony Hostel, and I had gone to stay in second a home hostel, which was just right around the corner, to Harmony Hostel, because I was going to go and work there as well. So I think the next day I went there, and I met up with her and Tim and Sandra, I believe... Um, Sandra, I think, well, she was Latina, but I want to say, I want to say maybe Peruvian, or maybe she was Argentinian as well, or Cuban, she was South American, and Tim was Japanese, but his father was English, and his English was better than mine, and I, I got on with them, Eduardo was there as well, there was another woman, I say woman, she was a young woman, she's probably about 18. Um, and she was a, a, a nightmare because, well, she turned out to be a nightmare. She was apparently meant to be a volunteer, but she did nothing. She did no volunteering work. And for like about three or four days, we were all there, no problems. And in fact, I didn't have to do any. Um, and he worked straight away. Tim taught me the ropes. Um, of course, I have to keep remembering what I did in the first recording. Uh, I did s- explain about Nadim. Nadim is the owner. He's uh, a very simple man, but not in a charming way. In a way that made him difficult to deal with because he just didn't say anything he told the volunteers to teach the other volunteers he did nothing in terms of explaining what you had to do so tim helped me and he told me what i needed to to do on reception and anyway about four or five days after i got there tim was gonna go was gonna go traveling with sandra so we knew they were going, but then Nicole went them, with them as well, and then Eduardo went, and basically it was just me and this other girl, whose name I can't remember, but I'm going to call her Cruella, because she was a Latin as well, and Cruella seems about right for her. It was just me and her, and so I said to her, well, listen, we'll split up the shifts, and I, um, I said, I'm, I'm happy to do the reception in the morning. I said, there are only three things, like cooking, cleaning, and reception. So I said, I'll do reception. You Can you cook? No. No, 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 I don't cook. Can you clean? No, no, I don't, I don't like cleaning. Okay, so, well, then the only thing you can do is recep- reception. So there were two shifts. I said, you can do the evening shift. So I did the morning shift. In the evening, came down, not there. I don't think she did anything. So then I would go to Nadim and say, listen, she's not doing any work and she's staying here for free. 
he did nothing. He, that was the kind of man he is. He just, he wouldn't really explain what the deal was. I said, listen, you have to tell us to do some work or get out. So, yeah, he didn't do that. She was just in the female dorm on her own. Nice little room there for uh, not paying anything. In the end, I approached her about this and I said to her, listen, you're not working, you're not helping me out here. Either pay some money to stay here, help me or get out. And then she sent me a, a, a text message telling me to F off. So she was charming. In the end, because I was on her back, she agreed to pay some money, but it was like nothing. Really, just no money at all. But Nadine let her get away with that. But really, it was just me working in Harmony Hostel, doing the reception, doing cooking, and doing cleaning. I did say to Nadine, listen, I, I can't be doing all this on my own. We need to get some more volunteers in. That Again, that was my job. So I was on work away trying to get volunteers in. And again, they, there's no guarantees with people on these websites. They say they're going to turn up, but they don't turn up. Fortunately, there was one woman, Hava, Turkish woman, who came a few weeks in. I remember her arriving with eight fully packed suitcases like the big suitcases and I was like what she'd come from Morocco I was like what are you doing I thought you were a traveler the whole point of traveling is you're meant to travel light I went with a small suitcase and my rucksack that's more than enough in fact it was too much I took some clothes that I never wore Uh, I took my swimming trunks never went swimming you know I took two packs of cards, playing cards, because I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll, uh, I'll learn some card tricks. Didn't happen. So that's extra weight that I didn't need to take with me. So that's a, a lesson next time. I'll take less stuff. So Harva comes with a luggage. We have to get those cases, so heavy suitcases, up to the third floor. There is a lift on the second floor. So we've got me and this other guy who worked in the shop because the Harmony Hostel has a jewellery store on the ground floor. We were like, even up those bloody suitcases. Harva did pretty much nothing. Uh, but, you know, I do like Harva. I'm not going to go at her. But anyway, <laughs> so we got those up to the third floor. Um, but that night, because at that time I was, I, I'd moved up. To I was staying in with the customers, with the, the people staying there. But then there was some change and I moved up to the staff floor. There was a room that was for staff that nobody was using because the electricity... I thought the electricity was broken. It wasn't. It was just the bulb wasn't working. So changed the bulb and stayed there. But I was just underneath the top floor, which is the main area where well, the only area where people staying there can stay, can eat their dinner and there's a little bit of a kitchen where they can make their own food and a balcony. And every, most nights, Nadim would go up there and drink some vodka. He would drink like a small bottle of vodka every night he was up there. 
So he was a bit of an alcoholic, I would say. And this particular night, he whacked on the music really loud. And this is after midnight. And I just thought, no, I'm not having this. So I go up there and I say, Nadine, can you please turn that down? It's the middle of the night. I'm trying to sleep. So we had a bit of an altercation. In fact, I'm getting ahead of myself. I did this all yesterday. So I'm going to do it again. I'll come back to that in a second. Because first, let me finish with... Oh, I think I was just explaining. I That's where I was sleeping. So the night that Harvard got there, I heard an almighty row up, up in that room. Clattering, banging, shouting. I thought, what's going on? I didn't get up because I thought, I'm, I'm not getting involved, whoever that is. The next day I go up there, it's a mess. There's piping had come loose uh, and there was loads of soil over the floor. The empty bottle of vodka was there because that, another thing with Nadim is he just made a mess and he left it. He didn't do anything and he expected the volunteers to to clean up. So that was me cleaning up most of the time until he did actually get a cleaner in. I think when I approached him about that, I said, we need a bit more help here. And so what had happened, because Harvard was supposed to be doing the morning reception, went down there, she wasn't there. What had happened is she'd had an altercation with him He'd been um, abusive, verbally abusive towards her, sexually abusive towards her. So, she, so she'd gone, understandably. And I had a, said to him, what, what, what are you doing? I said, you can't be like that. What were you thinking of? He brushed it off. He didn't, he kind of ignored it. He wasn't going to get into that with me. And that was that. Now, a little bit later, I then had an altercation with him about the music. And he didn't do anything, really. He said, because he was drunk, he fobbed me off. The next morning, when I was doing my shift, the guy that works in the jewellery store at 10am came to me and he said, uh, Nadim texted me and he said, you've got to leave. So that was the end of that. Fortunately, he did say I could stay there for an extra week without working. So that helped but then I had to get out of there. And where did I go? I think I actually went back to second home hostel. I think just for a night. And then I went to another hostel after that. But before I get on, let me say that this was when I met Benji. Because he was friends with Nicole and Tim. And we went out one night um, and he brought some of his some of the food, the sweets, the sweet food that he sells in the shop that he works in. And I had a bit of that. It was that video as well is on Instagram. And he said it was like it was like chicken flavor or something, some chicken flavored dessert. It didn't taste like chicken. So I was a bit confused. So that was when I met him. And then we got to know each other and we we're great friends. Well, we became great friends. And I went to the baklava shop that he worked in. And that is the reason that I put on a ton of weight. And now I'm on a strict diet and I'm intermittently fasting as well and um, doing a workout regime. And I've been here just over a week now and doesn't look like anything's happened. Still got a gut, uh, but I guess it's going down, but you can't really notice it. It's only one week, right? I think it's going to take about two months before I'm back to where I was or better. And I better shut up and get on with the second part of Benji's 
uh, interview is our chat and I'm sure I've left out lots of things that I had in the original chat but this is at least shorter because you've got to keep it short so thank you for listening all two of you and yeah this is the next part I was there uh, in a place named Ghouta you know countryside of Damascus okay we were surrounding my, the, the regime for seven years there so everything I said now I saw mm. everything I said now so I, I didn't I don't speak I didn't spoke just like I don't know anything or yeah. just I read exactly. because I, I lived that yeah. I live with the people I saw a lot of people crying get pain legs been cut hands being cut mm. even heads because of regime because of the airplanes they was bombing all the people on all the ways so they they were surround, uh, surrounding us and they cut all the food and all the electricity and all everything uh, water even the water mm. they cut it you know for seven years we are living in surrounding place no food no money. What? Wow. For seven years? For seven years. We were surrounding the system. What, and you lived without water? Yeah, the water um, we was getting it uh, from the land. Right. You know, it was... Uh, Going to the like a lake or lake of some sort. Exactly. Yeah. No, not lake. Under the ground we was getting the water. Okay. Like... Uh, like tunnels like we have uh, you know, in England. You get water under, yeah, like it's under the ground. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. From like 20, 30 metres... Under the ground, okay. so we are taking water from there. How do you get there, though? Do you have like uh, are there ladders down? Yeah. Okay. It was making like uh, before the revolution, we was having something like this. Right. Okay. For the grounds, for the lands to. And what about electricity? Did you live without electricity? The electricity, we was uh, like uh, bring uh, oil. Okay. Uh, the people was having oil and. You know, we have something named plastic. You know, the plastic, normal plastic. Right. Uh, we was making, we was putting uh, the plastic on very warm, like 2000 degree. Like, right. Uh, so the plastic was melting right. and there is, uh, he, he take out a, a gas from it, like uh, oil from it. Right. And so we was using it like the normal oil. But how does that make electricity? I will tell you. Okay. You know, the generator, mm. what do you need to... We have a generator right. in this place, a huge generator. Okay. And uh, so we make a gas. You, you, we don't have a gas. We don't have oil. Okay. You, know. you already know. But we make oil from the plastic. We was melting the plastic on like right. 3,000 uh, degrees. Agrees. Yeah, yeah. So the plastic take out a gas, a oil. It's not really a, a cure oil, but it's oil. It is oh, oil. Okay. So you can use it in the uh, generator. Oh, generator too. Yeah. But it's power. not so cure, so it is hard. Not so... Not cure. What's cure? It's not like... Uh, sorry. It's not so... Pure? Pure? Yeah, it's not so pure. Okay. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, so it's not so pure. So right. it's make a, a problems in the uh, generator right. but we was facing that for seven years there's nothing else you could do is there so you had to nothing. improvise yeah, really so is what you were doing for seven years we was all this 
place mm. named Guta. And by the way, there is 2,000 people inside it. We was 200,000 people inside this place named Guta. 200,000 people, people inside. Yes. How big was Quarter the place? Quarter million people. How, 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 how big was this, was this It's like, like Istanbul. You know, Istanbul is it's, very huge. Yeah, it is. So you can say it's uh, 3% from Istanbul. 3% from Istanbul. of the size of Istanbul? Yes. So really tiny. Really tiny, oh, but 200,000 people. people. So you can cross it in the car. Yeah. For one hour, you can cross all the, the land. The whole... Yeah. Wow. The whole place. So it's not big. In my home, uh, by the way, uh, the second years from the revolution, the regime, he's, he's been took my mom. Right. They took my mom, so, they put her on... So, just before you get to that... Yeah. Before that happened, you lived with your mother? Yes, I was living with my mother and with my brother. And with your brother. Okay. And my dad has been passed away before the revolution, right. like four years. But in the revolution, second year of the revolution, the regime, they took my mother. So they just came to your house? No, they took her from the road. So she was she just was, walking she, on the yeah, road. Yeah, she was walking. And they just took her. Yes, this one, this thing before Guta, before we go to Guta, because I'm from Damascus, I'm not from Guta. Right. Uh, so uh, the regime, they, they took my mother. She we was she was going to the Damascus. We, we was in Damascus, but she was you know translating in Damascus, right. and they took her. Right. Why did they take her? I don't know. Right. They took a lot of people. Right. So now they have like. Uh, 100,000 people in their jails and most of those people they didn't do anything right. just to make people scared you know right. be careful mm -hmm. so they took my mother and she was in the jail for from 2000 the last 2011 until 2015 so, so four years she yeah, was in jail so for, for doing nothing yes so 2015 they did kill her under torture. How did you, how did you know that? Because I have my cousins. They told me. They told because you. Because they, uh, I have really, I have a cousin in Syria, in Damascus. So they did told me, and they took her body. After she did kill, they paid like one million lira, to to take to take just the body. Who paid one million? My cousins. They paid that. They paid to the regime right. one million lira just to take. The body just to get her body, and how much is that in relation to one million pounds or US dollars? In that time, it's like the two thousand five hundred dollar. Uh, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah. How did they have that money? Uh, we have it because uh, we have our home. Right. They sell our. They sell uh, not our home in Syria in Damascus. All the people they have like a ground lands. Mm. So when they get something out, they sell apart from this land. So they sold some of their land. So they sold some of the la right. their, our lands, okay. and they took her body. So. So she was buried, at least. Yes, okay. she was buried. So after that, he killed uh, uh, my mother, and actually I didn't know that she's dead mm. until two thousand eighteen. Could years. you visit her in prison? No, never. No. No. You weren't allowed? Or? I don't know she is in prison. I wasn't. You didn't know that she was in prison? No. What, you just thought she disappeared? Because 
she did you know when the regime took her mm. in the first place me and my brother we tried to know where she is yep. but they didn't uh, tell you tell us no. where they didn't tell us where she we told them is she in the present did you took her they mm. told no 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 never she is not in the present so there's lies after lies yeah. after lies so so it was just you and your brother yeah so we thought she's just kidnapping or something like yeah, that yeah. you know and how old were you at the time i was that time to uh 12 years old. You were 12 and your that. brother was? My brother, he is four years older than me. So he's like 16. 16 and 12 year old, just yeah. living on your own. Yes, exactly. So in the 12 years old, I started to live on my own, to cook, something mm. like that in Gota. And I was, and after, like one year, I worked with the Freedom Army. Okay. Because, you know, actually most of the people work with the Freedom Army. You know, you have the regime is bombing you. And you know the regime is bad. Mm. And the, you can go with the Freedom Army, you can take a money. You know, because the, uh, you know, Turkey mm. give Freedom Army the money. They give money for the Freedom Army. Right. A lot of, uh, a lot of money, Turkey. Just explain that to me again. Yes, Turkey has been give the Freedom Army for a lot of money. But why? Because uh, they, uh, you know, Turkey, they was always helping Syrian people. Right. And they knew uh, Turkey, they knew the regime is bad. Right. So they helped the people to okay. get the regime out. Because they know that Assad regime is bad. And there is politic, uh, good, uh, bad politics between them. You know, the the situation between Turkey and Assad is bad. Right. Okay. Actually, it was good before the revolution. But after the revolution, it became real bad between them, Assad okay. and Turkey. So Turkey, they give money for the people, uh, for the Freedom Army. To be power, to be powerful army. Okay. And the Freedom Army, they give like um, uh, jobs. jobs. Yeah, uh, jobs yeah. like jobs for people for you to do. Yeah. And earn and, money. And that money, you can take like two month, like thirty thousand lire, forty thousand lire. So what? What? So that I what don't know that. Doing? What were your jobs? In the, my job yeah. was uh, I was working in office okay. on the laptop. You know, just to make the names. Resume. Yeah, I was resume like that. So you were, you were doing resumes. You were. Yes. Okay, using so I was just an writing. Excel word, just resumes, writing. Yeah. And after that, I have been uh, translate from the resume into the real army. Right, so okay. I did get in the real army, and I was in that time for fourteen years old. In that time. So you got into the army? Yes. The Freedom when, Army? Or yes, Freedom oh, Army. Okay, right, right, right. When I was f uh, 14, 14 years, years old, old, I oh. started to learn on the weapon and something like that. And when I was 15, I started to be a sniper. I was, oh. you know... Uh, so they trained you how to yes. shoot people. Did you shoot people? Yes. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Wow, man. That's, um, I mean, I didn't... Did you tell me that before? I don't no. remember. It's, wow. So how, it's something that's new. That's right, new, man. So yeah. how, how was that? I mean, but you were obviously killing the people from the regime. You know, actually, I didn't want to be a sniper. No, okay, I guess not. But no. I saw uh, one situation in my life in that time. 
who really changed really changed my whole mind. Okay. You know, we was I was eating with my brother, so at home, and we was like laughing and some you know me and my brother no one else just mm. you know so we are he is like my family and i was like his family so we uh, there is an airplane always getting out bombing the people so the airplane was was came so they let a bomb on the building after us right so a, a plane came and bombed yeah. the building next to you next to you right. next to you, yeah. to us so we did uh, get out from the building mm. and we go there so i saw a woman holding her her kid and mm. crying mm. and why you why me god god why me so she was really 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 like very sadly yeah. situation Just distraught. Just... Yeah. Oh, yeah so when i saw that i been like you know god we have to do something. Mm. I cannot just stay this without doing anything. Yeah. We have to make something. We are guys. We have. We are powerful people, and we. And I am strong. Mm. I can do anything, and mm. I know myself. So I cannot stay on the laptop just doing like, tick 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 tick. You know. Yeah. And all the people, all those people dying. You want to take. It's not make revenge, sense. don't you? you wanna yes. Pay it's, them back. You know, is the woman is not cousin for me. No. But when I saw her like get pain, I. I remember my mother mm. in the jail, mm. like getting pain. So I mm. did pain in myself. You felt pain. Yeah, I inside. felt pain in my, yeah. inside of me, because I I know her feeling, you know, and I know my mom feeling. Mm. So I said I don't want to be in regime after after this. Mm. I want just to be in the army to help mm. the army and to get our country back from those people because they are not from our country, you know. Mm. You know the Assad. Real Assad family. Mm. They are not from our country. They're they are Syrian. Iranian people. They are not Syrian. Really? Yeah. They Assad. Uh, his grandfather mm. came to uh, a place named uh, Kurdaha. You know, it's complicated thing. I will yeah. not explain that yeah. because it's complicated. Yeah. But every everyone, all the people who wants to get know where he is, he's really not Syrian. Right. So uh, when I did. Uh, saw this situation mm. and lived this so I started to learn on sniper I mm. was in this situation I was 14 years old first 14, of 14, 14 yes. years old and you learned so how to I was, be a sniper yeah so 3 months later 3 months later yeah I became a sniper like and uh, at 14 yes and you know I mean yeah if you don't mind explain what you had to do you had to go to certain places. Yeah, I was having I was having an old man with me. He was always helping me. Okay. So he was with me, yeah. always helping me, and he was a very good man. He was, he's like a friend to me. Mm. He's, he's you know he's eighty years old. Eighty. Yeah. Really. He is very old man. Wow. Very old man. So I like him really much. He yeah. was all, we was always playing chess together. Okay. And he actually he he learned me. How to? He taught you how yeah, to play chess. He told me how I play chess, and he told me how to be a sniper. So, <laughs> two in one. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we was going to the buildings, you know, trying to hunting the regime. Soldiers. Right. So you went onto the top of buildings. We know searching you know, for yeah, people so, from the regime. Yeah. So we oh. we knew mm. uh, there is people from the regime. They are have to have to be with the regime. So you have because to know the regime, that they're with the regime, of yeah, course, Because the regime, firing. he is, he is, 
he have a, a system who is not with me he is against me right the regime yeah they have this system if you are not with me you are then you are against me yeah unless if you want to pay money right of course then you can do whatever you want mm. you can kill people you can steal things even in his territory mm. if you have money you can do anything so the regime uh, so uh, when i was seeing the regime soldiers uh, you know uh, the freedom army i i i forgot to say this a lot of regime people soldiers they uh, leave the regime and run to the freedom territories right. and they became a freedom be army Fighter, from yeah, the freedom yeah. a okay. lot of regime soldiers yeah yeah and actually like first of the revolution uh, 65% from the freedom army from the regime Assad they oh, run from the regime right, yeah. they was regime soldiers and they run from the regime to the freedom army mm. So it was very complicated. You know, the revolution in Syria, it is really complicated. Really, really complicated thing. So, when I was seeing the soldiers in, on the sniper, I was telling with my, to myself, maybe they are... Actually, I was afraid. That they the might want to yeah. not be part of the... Yeah, because they, 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 they the might have to. They, yeah. in that, not their possibilities. But mm. then I realized they can do what, what their partners did. Yeah, so if they don't they want can, to be part they of it, run they can run from yeah. regime. Because if I was with the regime, I will say to myself, I don't want to kill, yeah. even if I killed. Mm. But I don't want to kill. Yeah. I can run. Maybe they will shoot me. Maybe they cannot shoot me. Maybe they will shoot me. Maybe they will miss me. Mm. The regime, when I will run. Yeah. But in that situation, I will not be killed anyone. Yeah. In that you, situation, you exactly. I will if you be, leave, you won't have yes, to kill. I will be happy because I didn't yeah. kill anyone. But a lot of soldiers, they didn't do this thing. Yeah, they stayed. And a lot of soldiers, they was loving Assad because they are, you know, not knowing anything. Just hear the Assad media what says. And the Assad yeah. media is, the, they are saying a lot of lies, lies every, yeah. every time. You know, because the media, they cannot say whatever they want. No. The regime, he make them they're say. They're controlling whatever. it, yeah. Yes, they're controlling it. Even when they uh, see like a people, poor people, and tell them, come on, we will make an interview with you. You know, mm. uh, you cannot say whatever you want. The interview, it's writing. So oh, so the, they say yes. They say what they yes. tell you to say. Right. A lot of people not read. Yeah. You just tell them before the interview. Say, say this, 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 this. Yeah. And in the interview, they say this. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. So it's that's why we get out in the revolution. Mm. That's why we make a revolution. Mm. Because uh, if you have a taxi car, if, if you are working on a taxi, for example. Yeah. I'm working in a taxi and I have someone crash me from behind. Crashes into you. Yeah. yeah. So I will get out from my taxi and I will see who is he. Mm. Because if he is a soldier or something big in the regime, I cannot say anything to him. Right. I have to apologize for him. You have to apologize. Yeah, but to he him did crush for, me for crashing into yeah. you. Yeah, right. but but I have to say apologize. Mm. And if it, if I didn't, I will be killed, and no one will knows. And no one, if someone knows, no one can say anything. Yeah, you know, it's like a jungle mm. rules. Mm. Who is the powerful, the strongest? He's living, and the poor, he is dying. Yeah, so it's not make sense. And you know, our country is 
very very rich country yeah in oil yeah in the fruit gold. land and the land and mm. the gold everything so why this mm. you know in six uh, 1960 mm. all the people most of before the regime you know a lot of syrian people they was really rich really what's now in this time or before the revolution i will not say in the revolution before the revolution because they, they is saying they are saying the asset people after the revolution everything became bad but no before the revolution everything was bad before the revolution 30% 30% of the uh, syrian population they was under the poor people level why you know like there was 30% of syria population they was A poor people. They were poor. So 30% yes. were poor. And 30%. now? 30%. Now like 60. 60. 60-70%. Yeah. And... But a lot of people like yourself have left. Yes. Syria. Yes. Because a lot of people left Syria. Yeah. A lot of people, they became a poor people. They became, of course, yes. because of the so, regime. Because I'm not working. Because the regime, he is destroying, destroyed all the economy. Mm. Destroyed the literal level You know, now, before uh, the revolution, I will not say now, uh, in 1960s, the lear, Turkish uh, mm. Syrian lear, what was, it was uh, on dollar, one dollar, mm. 3.5 Syrian lear. Mm. But uh, in 2010, before one year from the revolution, you know, the one dollar, it was in 50 lear. 50 lear? 50 lear, one dollar. Before 1960s, yeah. it was 3.5. What is it now? Do you know? Now it's to 1,300 lira. One dollar, 1,300 lira. What? And it was yes. 3.5 in, in 1960? Yes, and it was 3.5. How on earth has it... Dropped? Okay, forget about the revolution. Yeah. It's a war. They yeah, are yeah. saying it's a war. We yeah. have to, the country is getting worse because of the war. I will say before of the war. Okay, mm. it was fifty lira, so it's getting worse. Yeah. So Now, I just want to speak to you about when you were a sniper because that is fascinating. Yes. And having to put well for anyone to have to do that, especially as a child. I'm clearly you didn't want to do it, but. Well, you say you didn't want to do it, but you kind of did want to do it because you wanted some revenge. Yes. On the, on the I didn't want revenge. I want my country to be free. Right. I forgive all the people who stay in the regime because right. maybe they have a families. I, I, I understand their situation. But if someone tell you to kill, mm. don't kill. Even if you have to be killed. Well, that's why we are human. Mm. I mean. But then, you, but then they told you to kill. So you... We no, to... me, for me, yeah. I want to be sniper. Because I want to, to kill. Mm. I want to make my country free. I want to kill, want to kill everyone. Kill yes, I want to kill yeah. everyone, kill people. Well, yeah, I want to kill everyone, kill people that try who, who to take killed. my country, yeah, yeah. try to steal my country. Mm. I want to kill everyone like this. So I have to ask because you cannot discuss with them because if you are will you will discuss with them they will put you in the jail they will mm. torture you and they will kill you mm. and just like that no one knows mm. they have now in their jails one hundred thousand people in their jails yeah. they killed one million one million now mm. in eight years nine years of uh, revolution 
They killed one million people of Syria. Mm. You know, Syrian population all twenty four million, and they killed one million, and they get out. They ten uh, million get out from Syria now. Right. You know, in Turkey there is five million people. Right. Yeah. In Europe there is three million people. In Australia, all around over the world, you can see Assyrian people. Yeah. Because there is ten million out of Syria, yeah. and there is one million has been killed. Mm. So the, the regime for one man, one person named Bashar Assad, he did kill one million people. Mm. And not all of them. Of course, I can tell you, a, a 5% from them, they are from the Freedom Army. Okay. And the rest of them just normal, innocent people. Yeah. 19%. 95%. Because yeah. the regime he is putting pressure. He is a, uh, put a pressure on the freedom. That's why he is bombing the innocent people. Because he want to pressure, yeah. put pressure on the army, Syrian mm. army, mm. the freedom army. When I was a sniper, when I was want to be a sniper, mm. I said to myself, I cannot stay without anything, or just on the laptop because you know no, I was on right. the laptop writing so names. How, so, just I'm fascinated by the feeling when you first shot someone, when you first killed someone. You know, I was uh, we was having. Uh, the regime was getting inside our territories, so he was want to take our point, our fighting point. Right, so there he was, was taking you know, over that like, area. Yes, yep. he was taking our one, try to take our area. I watch like ten soldiers walking to us, and they are laughing and laughing and getting inside, and we will kill them and something like that. They are saying something like that. I don't mm. know. I cannot hear what they are saying, mm. but I can know they are. Like being silly about something, kill, about kill killing someone, people, yeah. killing people. Mm. So I was really, I was a little bit stressed, mm. you know, you know, because you're going to kill someone. Yeah. And the old man was right on me, really right. And he's, he's by your side. Yes, yeah. he was by your side. So he's telling me, take, be, be, calm, rest, be, be calm. calm, yes, be yeah. calm. Don't stress. And focus, I suppose, yeah, as focus. well. Yeah. So I was looking to them just, you know, in the scoop. Yeah, how many, so how many were there? There was like 10, 12, like that, and they are getting... Closer. Closer. Yeah. So we are, we was in the building, so we have uh, four floors in our, our building. Mm -hmm. And they thought no one getting to the fourth floor because oh. they are bombing the area. Okay. But you know, actually, me and that man, we was we wasn't we was not afraid no. from bombing. So we get to the fourth floor, right. and they thought there is no one in the fourth floor. Okay. So I was watching them just laughing, something like that, and they are getting closer mm. to our our area. And I make I took out all the stress, and I remember my mom. I remember all the people, all those people has been tortured from this regime mm. and then I pressed the trigger trigger and I saw I actually I think I uh, I did shot him next to his heart like under his heart right. and he was in the ground you know we was having like a cover thing 
he can protect us from sh- uh, okay, shots. Okay, so you were covered. So yeah, we were covered. So you couldn't be shot from yes, them. Because so I guess you were high up, right? You were on yes, the fourth floor. Yes, we were high up. And they didn't and know... They didn't know where you were coming no, from. No, they, they didn't know where we were from. So you shot one. So I shot what, one. What did, and what they, did they do? What did they do when that happened? So they did just be crazy. Take him, take him, take him, take him. So when I shot he, this mm. one, actually I, I can shot another one. Shoot, and I can shoot, another, shoot one. another one and shoot third one, four one. But I just stopped because it's a hard thing. To yeah, kill yeah someone. of course. Yeah. So I just been stopped and I told the old man, okay, I will stop now. So you shot one? Yes, so we have to get downstairs. Right. So we did uh, get down to the first floor mm. and I just thought for a second I didn't have to do it you know I was really because in that time I was really like child you know 14 yes yeah. you know was like you can say like young man you know. it's not a child but I don't know I like to call it well, like young well of course man. you were a lot older yes. than your age yes. because of what you've been through yes so in that time I start to be a sniper and it was really normal thing so how many people did you did you kill I don't know lost lost count yeah whoa <laughs> uh, I guess did it because get... I always I was getting to a places no one can think I'm in that place no, no one thinks because you're, under, think, you're yes. undercover and yes because we always getting to the places danger places okay like no one can think always the tank rock uh, bombing those places but we was always getting to those places because we are not afraid from death I see so you'd hide in dangerous places yes, where they could we, bomb yes, but you weren't afraid of being killed because we didn't be afraid you know why weren't you afraid of dying because we are thinking we're gonna go to the heaven mm-hmm. because we are you know because we are uh, fighting for freedom right. fighting for the people fighting mm-hmm. for poor people God will never forget anyone to do something like this and we are believing in God you know mm-hmm. we are Muslims so we have something in our religion if you are helping I think even the Christianity the same and the Jews the same if you are helping helping the poor people or mm. if you are defending of the poor people mm. so of course you will go to the heaven so that's what what we was thinking mm. and until now we we are thinking that so you started when you were 14 when yeah. when did you when, finish being a sniper I think I finished uh, the last in 2017 I have been stopped you stopped 2017 yeah. so how old were you then so I was at that time like, like 19 uh, yes it's like uh, 19 I guess it's like 5 years yes so I think no it's 4 years four I guess years, okay. so uh, in that time the freedom army has been changed Okay, how? I will tell you how. So, make sure you download tomorrow's podcast with the third part of Benji's story about his time in Syria. Tomorrow's part will be about him trying to get out of Gutan and then out of Syria completely and his gruelling journey to achieve that. Also, do subscribe 
do share, do comment. Five star reviews, if you'd be so kind. Bye-bye.